Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Faultline Social Podcast. Today's guest was Stephen Jones from the Scottish metal band Bleed From Within. In this episode we discussed the brand's latest record Fracture, which is a fantastic metal record and one of the best heavy releases of the past few years. You should definitely go listen to it if you're into the heavier side of music. We discussed Stephen's musical journey and how Machine Head changed his life and Bleed From Within's evolution and how they stand in the modern metal scene. We also go on to discuss the fact that Bleed From Within were the first band he ever saw live and then he went on to join the band all these years later, which is an amazing story to hear. I'd like to thank Stephen for coming on the show. Such a nice guy. I really enjoyed chatting to him. Make sure you check out Bleed From Within. Check out his other band from Sorrow to Serenity as well. They're doing some great stuff. And if you're around the Glasgow area, he's currently running a studio so hit him up if you after some recording time i'm sure we do an excellent job yeah thank you so much for all the support on the podcast hope everyone's well the pub is open in england again well outside anyway uh i went last night it was uh <laughs> yeah it was a good good times good times um yeah shout out to everybody who listens to this fucking really cool really appreciate it and yeah keep smiling keep staying happy just be nice to people most important thing you can do these days and yeah, I hope everybody is seeing some progress wherever they are with the vaccine and some stuff resuming normally because, uh, yeah, that's what we all want. And uh, hopefully we can all go to a gig at the end of the year. Take care. And uh, yeah, this is my chat with Stephen Jones of the Scottish metal band Bleed From Within. Peace. How you doing today, mate? You all right? Yeah, yeah. It's been a, it's been a good one. Nice and productive. I sent out a bunch of parcels that I had to, I had to get um, sent earlier today and... Been doing a bit of a bit of photoshopping. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, um, nice man. It's always a good, uh, you know, when you go to the post office and send loads of stuff off. It, it does feel like a big, a big turn of the page. I know that feeling. Massive weight off the shoulders for sure. Are you calling from <laughs> Glasgow? Or are you elsewhere in Scotland? Uh, yeah, ju- just outside of Glasgow. I'm uh, in East Kilbride. It's just kind of like yeah, just a small town outside of Glasgow. Yeah, nice, man. I've got my first trip to Scotland booked for August. I've never been, so looking forward to it. Nice one. Where are you going? Going to Edinburgh, mate. Sorry to say. I know, I know you might. <laughs> no, <mind. laughs> no. That's, it's a great city, man. Yeah, I'm sure, mate. I'm looking forward to it. Flying up as well from Birmingham. I think it's only not 40 minutes on the plane. <laughs> Sick, yeah. Perfect. You know, how's I don't want to talk about the pandemic too much, but um, how how's your lockdown been personally? You know, how how's this past year obviously been for you? Ah, uh, it's um, it's been the strangest year of my life. I mean, <laughs> such a such an odd thing to to be going on. You know, I mean, obviously there's a half like a sort of side of it where it's like I was absolutely gunning playing live and recording years for the last like I don't know seven or eight years probably and then you know to have this big massive break it's almost like maybe maybe it's a little reminder to appreciate what I, what I get to do maybe it's a a, a chance to uh, rejuvenate a wee bit you know recharge the batteries I, I, I don't really know I'm, I'm trying I'm constantly just trying to look at it in the most positive light that I can you know because then also you've got the fact that you're yeah t- totally limited as to where you can go what you can do you know shows being cancelled rescheduled left right and centre the ones that you organise you don't really know if they're ever going to go ahead you know I, I don't know man yes it has just been such a strange strange year um, <laughs> yeah 
ups and downs, I guess. What about you, mate? <sighs> Same as you, mate, to be honest with you. It has been nice to appreciate the simple things, I guess. But, um, yeah, to be honest, it was okay for a bit. I didn't really mind it for a little while. Like, you know, just walking and having some time off work was really nice. Spending time with my family and everything was really good. But, um, yeah, there were some real tough stretches of where, like, losing all the variety in life really kind of uh, was, uh, like, really highlighted and pretty tough to deal with at times. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And like you say, you can't, you can't think, like, too far ahead anymore because you, like, you literally don't know what's going to happen on the news in a week anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, even when you said you're planning on coming up in August, there, you know, I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I know when, like, me and my mates click checkout on a on, on Flyby or whatever, we were just like, oh, let's just click it. Like, we might, we might go, <laughs> we might not. See, see what happens. But yeah, I don't know because we were like, we wanted we because we uh, try to go abroad, but we were like, this kind of half counts <laughs> going to Scotland from England. I don't know. <laughs> And it's, and it's like 10 times more likely not to get cancelled, I guess. Yeah, exactly. If I had a tenner, I'd put it on this going ahead rather than something else. There you go. If I was in the bookies. So, you joined Bleed From Within four years ago now. Am I correct? Um, Probably, maybe. I think it's actually getting closer to five, but I was definitely announced in like, yeah, probably four years ago. Yeah, cool, man. So, like, how did you come to join the band? Obviously, I, I can I can kind of presume you you knew them from like the local scene and obviously what they were doing. But how did you actually, you know, become part of the lineup and have your have your input, you know, part of the band and the operation? Yeah, so I mean, we actually we actually weren't um, like friends really. We weren't particularly close or anything. We had um, my, my other band from from Sorrow to Serenity. We had supported. From within at their Deathwalk EP launch show in 2015 at Audio, um, and that was like I think probably my first interaction with them as, as individuals. And even at that, it was it was pretty limited to you know just outside the venue at the end of the night, like oh man, you guys were class, yeah, you guys were class, cheers, man. Uh, just that sort yeah, of yeah. usual stuff. Um, and then from sort of Serenity had had. Scott singing on uh, our, our first album that came out in 2016, uh, off, kind, of, kind of off the back of that, because I, I think he just he liked the band, and we'd obviously met him in that at that point, so it was like, do you fancy doing this? And he was up for it, and it was all good. Um, and then, yeah, I, I just got a message from Gunzi out the blue one day, to be honest. I, I genuinely don't think I'd ever had a conversation with him other than this one, and it was just yeah. like, all right, man, do you, do you fancy trying out to be the new guitarist from Bleed From Within. <laughs> and I was just getting like flashbacks to the fact that my first ever show was seen Bleed From Within in 2010 at Classic Grands when they were doing their uh, Empire launch show and listening to the albums when I was like, you know, growing up as a metal fan. And I was just like, I am absolutely gonna fucking do this. So um, the, the initial interaction was really just, do you fancy doing it? And I was like, yeah, what do you need? And he was like, well, learn this song and can you write, can you try and write a song? And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. Listened to the song, learned it. Um, he sent me a tab as well. 
Um, and then one day just kind of sat down and was like, right, I don't know how many other guys are trying out to be the new guitars and Ludwig Vince. I'm going to need fucking write something decent here. Yeah. Um, and I just ended up recording the first thing that came to my head and it ended up being uh, Ruina that's on ERA. No that way, that's so cool. That's so sick that made it to the record as well. <laughs> yeah, that was my that was my addition song. Um, yeah, then I mean, it's <laughs> everything else after there is what you see. No? Yeah, man, I really like that story, mate. That's that's really such a nice thing to hear. Actually, of how it all came together, really nice. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I think uh, when I when I get to see it out loud every so often, you know, in an interview or just like telling somebody, it kind of reminds you how how special it is. Especially because I, I mean, it's it is, it is mad to me that that was my, my first ever show, you know. And I I would understand that people just straight up didn't believe me, but genuinely, the first ever show I went to was because my mates when I was I think I was fourteen or fifteen at the time were like, "Oh, come see Blue Mountain in Glasgow," and I was like, "What the fuck?" Because I think I've just started listening to metal. Yeah, and I was like. I, all right, you know, you know what you like. Just I'll, I'll try it, and I absolutely loved it. And it's yeah, it's funny to think that that was my yeah. first sort of exposure to yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. It, yeah, I guess at that age when you're kind of getting into heavier stuff, you don't really go for. I don't know me anyway at the time. Like you don't go for like local underground stuff. Do you know what I mean? Definitely not. Yeah, it's like a. It's it's probably like like the best way to get into it, but nobody actually ever does, which is kind of weird. <laughs> That's all the stuff you, well, certainly when I was kind of, uh, you know, transitioning from my indie phase into my fucking extreme metal phase. Um, it was like stuff like uh, the the Metal Hammer had an advert on, I don't know, daytime TV or something. And it was their metal album of the year was Machine Heads, The Blackman. And I was just like, that sounds amazing. And me and my dad drove down to HMV and we bought it. And I was like, holy shit, that album fucking changed my life, man. <laughs> and then, you know, like, System of Down, Linkin Park and all that. It's kind of bands that get you into the heavier stuff. And then I, all of a sudden, it was going to a show where Bleed Within were... I think I actually... I wore braces at that point as well. And somebody in the pit got pushed into me and I, like, burst my lip and all that. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah yeah when, when everybody tells like a first like mush story or like you know they either were like yeah put me off for life it fucking hurt or they were like it was the best thing that ever happened to me <laughs> it's like it's like such extreme ends of like the scale everyone gives it's pretty it's pretty funny to hear sometimes yeah definitely i mean i think at the time i wasn't too chuffed about it but looking back at it i was like ah, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the actual like sensation of your lip getting bust open is like not great, but uh, from a bird's eye view, you're like, that is me having a sick time. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, man. So yeah, Fracture the New Record. Um, to me, this is like a true example of this band working like together, like stronger than ever, really. Do you feel that yourself as well as it becoming this whole kind of like rock solid unit now and the, the actual process and the creativity is, you know, at, at its peak, essentially. Not not its peak, because that's not necessarily true, because we don't know yet, but, like, um, <laughs> at, at, at a place of elevation where the band has really excelled this time around. Certainly, yeah, I would, I would totally agree with that. And, I mean, the the things that we were doing at the time when we were writing the album, you know, because we were, we were forcing ourselves to write while we were on tour, which is something that, I don't really think they had done much before, probably and largely in part to the fact that 
you didn't really have access to, you know, the ability to just record ideas from your bunk, basically. But um, yeah, yeah, I that was the the time that we were writing Fracture was definitely like the best period in our band's history so far. You know, we were doing like the best, the biggest shows we've done, the best tours, just then having a great time and learning from people around us and learning stuff for ourselves. And I think being in that environment as well, you're just like you make better creative decisions, um, particularly in how songs are going to translate to audiences and things like that. And I mean, that's not, it's, it's, it's not something that you, you think of uh, consciously a lot, but definitely in retrospect, I was like, it makes sense that these songs are, like you say, sort of, um, I mean, I would certainly say that it's the best stuff that we've done. Um, and yeah, that, that it makes sense because we were just in such a good place as a band. Um, yeah, just in time for uh, just in time for a year long lockdown. I know, fucking hell, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, mate. It's a joke as well. So I, I know, like a band like you guys putting out a record like that and then not being able to promote it is fucking shit. Yeah, it's been mad. It's been mad. I mean, we obviously yeah been been doing our best to still promote it however we can. You know, I mean, there was that Nitros music video that was literally just fucking us on a Zoom call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, doing your best with the situation, but I, it's, it's, uh, we're looking forward, we're certainly looking forward to getting back out on the road and actually promoting it properly the way it was all supposed to line up because 2020 was going to be this absolutely crazy year for us. Just everything had been timed to perfection and the album was coming out and everything was done when it had to be and mm. the shows that we had lined up, we were just like, this is going to be great. It was sort of like the snowball effect beginning to build, you know, you've got all this mint momentum behind you and that and then whoosh stripped away for you but I mean I, you know, I, I don't want to sound like a victim here because literally everybody is in this situation it's just a yeah, funny old time I know yeah but it's hard not to take it like personally in that regard as well <laughs> you know yeah you know it's, it's made an impression though on people because you know the end of all we know is that's got like what like 10 million players on Spotify now like it's obviously made a lasting impression on people so it's it's obviously it's, you know I think this is a record where people have really connected and you know, not just seeing you guys as a support band or listen to you like a few spins of a record. I think this is really a time now where Bleed From Within have like truly like stapled themselves like in people's minds and as part of like the modern metal scene. Do you agree? Nice. I mean, thank you for your kind words. I appreciate that. Um, and I actually, you bring up a couple of things I haven't really thought about, to be honest. Um, I guess that's, that's maybe a perspective thing, you know, but it's really cool to hear that. Um and I would certainly, I would like to think all of the things that you just said, so I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> oh, no worries, mate. Yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah, talking about, you know, that's kind of like how I feel the band is now, like for me personally and some of my mates especially. And just, just looking from like the outside in as well compared to like, you know, I, f- I first saw Bleed From Within playing like 2011, 2012 and like seeing the progression now, it's really become like a more well-rounded um you know, standing project, I think, definitely. Yeah. No, I appreciate that, man. And it definitely it definitely does feel like, you know, there has been a shift in energy from, like, audiences and in and, and general since... I mean, it's, it's so hard to tell because we haven't played any shows or anything on that side. But, yeah, certainly on, like, social media and that, you know, it's the most buzz we've ever had, really. And... Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, t- talking talking to people such as yourself, and um, I mean, just talking to anybody nowadays, it's it's 
it does feel like there's been this sort of shift where when we arguably came back with Ira, um, I don't really think that the guys all like me saying that because they don't they don't like to think it was a comeback, but it kind of was anyway. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell, of course it was. Yeah, definitely <laughs> was. Yeah. There was a bit of a like you know underdog thing going on there where it was like you know we are fucking up against it here. Everybody forgot about us a few years ago and like been yeah. through been through Helen back to to make it to this point and we've we've got something to fucking prove here. And then ever since then, to be honest, I it's just felt like we've just been doing that exactly that, just like proving that you know this is a band that are not to be not to be taken lightly. I guess. <laughs> I yeah, no, nah, here, you know, but like certainly from our perspective, you know, we want to we want to establish ourselves and we want people to listen to us and and love it. Like you, one of the things that you said there that I thought was really cool was about um, you know not just not just listening to. The, like albums a couple of times or like kind of seeing us as a sport band and stuff you know but really starting to build a connection and you know establishing ourselves in the the metal scene I think that's that's a really cool it's a really cool thought and it's definitely like where we want to be and it's what we're what we're pushing to do and especially with the plans that we have for this year to be honest I mean we were all on a on a zoom call last night chatting about some of the plans that we've got for like our bloodstock set and uh, the headline tour at the end of the year you know and we're like we're fucking going all out, man. It's it's not. This this is something that we're taking really seriously, and we want we want to we want people to take something away from this. That's you know a little bit more than maybe you would get with other bands. I don't know. Christ, I'm just saying things now, but <laughs> I think you get right, yeah. So whatever you want, Steve, man. So whatever you want, man. It's all good. I get you though completely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because like era was like. Uh, well, I don't know. To me, as like a listener, it was a comeback record, but not not like strictly. But it kind of was. But like, um, I think that album was like really good and really well like received. But do do you think it was the fact that you guys like acted so quick to keep the pace alive and the momentum going to lead up to Fracture that really resulted in this? You know what we're seeing now. I, I definitely think that helped. Um, that can I don't think that can be argued with either. Like. Uh, yeah, the, the fact that you know it yourself is is testament to that. Like the fact the fact that we were just all right, okay, people are enjoying either, so let's fucking let's do the next one now. Um, yeah, it was like yeah, it was definitely a, a good decision. And plus, we were in like I mentioned earlier, we were just in this sort of creative mindset where there was such a positive thing going on, like not only within the band but uh, surrounding the band. That it, it was just yeah, it was it was the perfect time for us to put actually together and um we're all like incredibly happy with what it is and yeah it was it was definitely it definitely helped that we put it out when we did um you know because people we were still fresh and in, in everyone's minds with with era and like con- having constantly toured basically since the album came out um yeah it's, it's funny that and a, a lot of credit has to go to ali as well ali richardson the drummer because that was I'd say basically entirely him that was just like, look, we need to be finishing this, you know, and in case you don't know, he, he manages the band as well as being our drummer. Yeah, he's yeah. very on it and he's, he's always got great ideas for that side of things and it was definitely something that he prioritised was we need to put out new music here, here and here and we did it all, you know, we hit all of those targets and yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> yeah, the, the result that we see from that today is... Yeah, definitely testament to Ali and 
sort of us as a group being able to give our time to it and care so much about it because that's that's what we do that's when it comes down to the end of the day you know when you have five guys individually and collectively who all just like really 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 give a fuck about what you're doing it's it's in safe fans I think yeah because this record self-produced as well I know I know most of the bleed from within stuff is self-produced um how was this for you especially um coming into the band like having a role like that as part of the group and do you think you know the band and you use you, you as well man specifically like producing has become something you've improved as as like as at doing over time and does that truly reflect on fracture as well do you feel yeah definitely i think it's um it's, it's a really cool dynamic and I, I i can't really imagine that side of things any other way at this point to be honest it's uh yeah it was very natural because i guess up until i joined the band um I had always kind of like recorded my own stuff as well with with my other band and it was it was very natural just coming into Blue Within and being like I'm going to do the exact same thing and I was also very quickly had to you know level up my my abilities and 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 another really good thing about that as well is that they all have such amazing ex- like recording experience at studios and that that it definitely made the Work, work. I say work in inverted commas. Um, yeah. Much easier for, for me because they already all know exactly what the fuck they're doing. You know, I'm just there to sort of, you know, I've, I've got an extra ear on it and a bit, a bit more, a lot more experience in that side of things. To just, you know, if, if there's anything that's a wee bit off, you know, and I, I find myself very, very fortunate in that sense that, you know, I mean, as a, as a group of guys. They already know what they're doing, and I'm just there to make sure that it's the best stuff that we get, and it, it makes it onto the record. And with that said, actually, um, Nolly Nolly does all the the drum production, so I didn't really, um, I wasn't really involved in, in that side of things, other than you know a little bit of input here and there. But it was uh, it's guitar, bass, and vocals that um, I've engineered and sort of produced on Era and Fracture. Um, Oh really? Yeah. Well, I I didn't know you were doing the engineering as well, man. That's fucking sick as to hear. That's really cool. Yeah, it just makes sense because it's my day job too. And oh, is um, it? Wow, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, all the stuff's there, and uh, might as well might as well use it. <laughs> Mate, yeah, literally, literally. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why would you go anywhere else? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, there's a decent amount of clean vocals on this record as well. Am I right thinking that you pretty much did all of them? That's right, yeah. Uh, how was that for you uh, coming into this band and taking that responsibility and almost making like a dual vocal dynamic, you know, changing up the textures and tones within like the vocal ranges on the records? Um, yeah, and how did you approach this and how do you think, you know, it, cha- it changed the band. Did it make it more appealing in a way? And like, you know, how how do you think you've improved as a vocalist as well, being a part of this and, you know, shaped as a musician as well? I, I mean, c- coming into it, I didn't want to, particularly with Ira, I mean, I actually started with Ira because there are some clean vocals on there too and the Crown of Misery chorus and the Clarity chorus, Solon and the Sun, Shiver. Quite a lot of those songs, but I think it's a little bit less at the forefront on Ira. Um and, and and saying that, I think that when I when I came into the band, it wasn't something that, you know, immediately I was like, 
all right uh, I should be singing on these songs it was it was a, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a Kennedy thing he was like wanting to experiment with his vocal range and one of the things that he wanted to start doing was you know trying to introduce what at the time we would have said was like pitch screams and melodic vocals um and yeah I, I think with a few of the choruses it, once we had his ideas maybe we were singing them back and forth and stuff that the one that definitely sticks out the most i remember was when we were trying to do alone in the sun he was like eh. i think we were just singing the idea of like back and forth to each other like almost like i was trying to like tell him what to sing and he was like why don't well, why don't you just sing it but not in a not in a pure aggro way like well if you know why don't you sing he was like genuinely <laughs> like yeah. we've been singing this back and forth and i think you'd be better at this so do you want to do it <laughs> and that was the first time i was like that all right let's let's give it a go and ended up by like eras littered with clean vocals and uh fracture yeah definitely came a bit um uh, more to the forefront so i guess that with era I had the opportunity to start there um, and it definitely wasn't as refined as it is now and then over a couple of years of touring um, you know refining my voice a bit and then coming into Fracture knowing that there was that sort of you know we wanted to up our game on this one I knew that I had to too um, you know so you spend a bit more time making sure that it's the absolute best takes that you can get and yeah I mean it, it's, it's, it's all very natural it's, it's kind of hard to describe like when when I'm when you're doing all these things, you're not really thinking about, yeah, you know, not really like taking a step back and assessing, um, I guess, why you're doing what you're doing. But another thing that you said is about sort of like accessibility. I, I, I think that, um, yeah, that that probably that probably speaks for itself in terms of like the kind of numbers that songs like the end of all we know are doing in comparison to like any other song on that album. It's just, it's got like you know an extra singing section and it's somehow got like 10 million streams i mean it's, it's it's definitely something that um adds an extra dynamic to to our music and i think that's really important to us at this point because we just want to like explore all of these avenues and make sure that we're pushing ourselves and giving people something that they're going to enjoy and something that we're going to enjoy too because definitely when scott was talking about all right can we get some melodic vocals in on this album it was that they really really wanted to push that you know they were wanting to explore that side of things and i just kind of fell into that you know and then yeah filled my fulfilled my role <laughs> one or two yeah man because in terms of writing as well i don't know if you this crosses your mind but do, do you think it's hard to write you know in in the modern day um you know because I, I personally feel like streams and like the life we live with technology now has really reduced people's attention span. And do you think, do you kind of maybe write with that in mind or do you feel that's true as well? And do you think it can be difficult to expand and explore new horizons as a metal band? You know, because metal fans can be pretty stubborn, I think, as to new ideas as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, I think some, some metal fans, you know, it's one of those things where there's, there's probably a, massive amount of people who like metal who also are open to new ideas you know but you know all the, all the guys on their keyboards that you see and, and all the comments that are slagging you to bits for trying new things um yeah, yeah i think that's probably where sort of like metal elitism is no I, I really i really agree with that about attention spans being so so short now 
Um, and while it's not something that when we're like putting a song together, we're going like that, right, okay, we need to make sure that people are immediately engaged within the first 10 seconds. It's also something that probably does subconsciously linger. And maybe later on down the writing process, you might be like, oh, well, hold on a minute, this is the best part of the song. Can we can we bring this in any quicker and stuff like that? You know, it's certainly something that um, as we've, as we've uh, grown as like songwriters over the past couple of albums, it's this it's something that you are aware of. Um, making sure that the start of your song is gonna gonna engage people really. It's funny as well because uh, we absolutely love writing intros and stuff like that, you know. So uh, yeah, even when like we were on the Zoom call last night talking about writing new ideas and that, and a big part of the conversation is. We, we need to have less intros. We just need to give people the good stuff straight away. And it's, it's probably is in part, you know, due to the fact that we are aware that the average listener now has this like super short attention span. If you're not catching them in the first, as I say, like maybe definitely shorter than 10 seconds, if you're not catching them like straight away, they're, they're maybe not even going to spend their time listening to it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely an, an interesting angle that I think not consciously but subconsciously we are aware of that and uh certainly when we're like refining ideas later down the line i think that um yeah it can it can we can introduce that sort of awareness that give people good stuff a little bit sooner than you might have like 20 years ago you know when people would just sit down and chuck on a record and listen to the whole thing and not be asked about anything like that you know you people are scrolling through spotify and they've got thousands of songs to choose from, and if yours doesn't catch them, then fucking sayonara. Yeah, yes, literally, man. The three taps of the thumb and you're gone, I swear. Yeah, that's it. It's sad, but it's true, isn't it, mate? Yeah, so yeah, what's your biggest problem with the music industry then in, in this day and age, you know, in your experience with it? I think if, if you were interviewing one of the other members, um, they would probably have very, very specific examples, possibly even names of what they hate so much about the music industry. But um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't involved in, in, in the in the band back then. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's 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 tough going. Um, it's tough going, you know, it's especially the sort of friendship rings that exist where people are lended favors, where you know things like that. I don't really. I don't uh, not necessarily agree with, but you know, it's just not it's not nice, is it? When when you think about the fact that there could be people out there making music that I mean, even even in our case, do you know what I mean? Like we we know people in the industry, and I'm sure that we get opportunities that we wouldn't have got unless you had met somebody five years ago and stuff like that. You know, I'm perfectly yeah. aware of the fact that everybody kind of benefits from that thing, but it is as an odd situation although i do think that actually on that note um streaming services are probably like reducing the actual impact of that sort of thing you know with, with the about with people's ability to just put music online and for it to be on this thing that anybody and everybody has access to it's, it's probably yeah reducing the the sort of impact of little personal favors here and there to like try and grow your band quicker or, you know, put you in positions of power and whatnot. Um, I don't even know if that's actually Molly's favourite thing about the music industry, but I've just spent the last couple of minutes talking about it, so I'm going to go with that. Um, I don't really like, yeah, the fact that if you 
you've got your finger on the right pie, then you're in a far better position than somebody who's just not. Yeah, man. Yeah, I fully I agree with you as well. It's just shaking hands with the right people, which is a shame because you know true art can get overlooked that way. Yeah, I wish I had someone else like you did. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that, man. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah, so like you, yourself, um, you know, when did music become a, a prominent point in your life, and when, when did you kind of, you know, want to pursue this and get involved with playing guitar and and singing what's what's your musical journey like in retrospect i know that's a very broad question but yeah how did how did you grow up on music and really want to take this seriously that's cool that's a, that's a cool question yeah um i've uh i've not really really explained it before either so i guess this is go it go for it man do it i want to hear yeah nice one. <laughs> no fresh no fresh <laughs> well yeah i mean um i think that growing up like my, my my dad's always been a, a musical person, really. So I think I was around it from a, a fairly young age, actually. Um he used to he used to make plugins and he's always played guitar and um my mum and dad had a band when they were younger and stuff like that. Like so it's I, I think that that's definitely rubbed off on me. But um growing up until probably like fourteen, um I, I, I was one of those kids that was uh, always playing football. You know, I, I played for a football team up until I was um, fourteen. Dotted about, and then you know, I think as with <laughs> millions of other people, at some point you just kind of realise, like, oh no, right, okay, I'm definitely not good enough to <laughs> to be doing this. So you know, and I, and I, I still I still play football a bit. And the only reason I mention that is because I think that when I was younger, that was probably the first thing that I was like oh that would be really cool to do and then it shifted over into getting my first guitar and uh, my yeah. dad took me dad took me to a guitar shop and I got my first guitar um, oh that's sick that's such a nice yeah 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 yeah. I, pl- I play drums man so like, I remember when my dad did that and it was oh, I can still remember it to this day <laughs> yeah yeah it's not a memory that you that you forget it's a, a special no, thing yeah um Actually, my, my first guitar probably sat and, you know, not getting played very much for the first few years. And it was only when I started really picking it up and playing again that my dad was like, right. And it was probably about four or five years later. <laughs> he was like, right, okay, you're, you're playing more often. We should probably get you a better guitar. <laughs> um, and that's, that's the day that I remember better. I was going and getting an Ibanez when I was like 14 from Guitar Guitar in Glasgow. Yeah, see. Um, Ibanez RG. It was the, it was the, the, the like Pegasus limited edition. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No, like I haven't, man. But that sounds pretty, like good as a second guitar. That sounds like really nice. Yeah, <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I think from there at that point, I knew like I wanted to be playing guitar more frequently. And then, you know, guys in high school being like, "Oh, do you want to start a band? You know, I'll sing, I'll play drums, blah blah blah." Yeah. Um, and probably from like really early on, I think I just had like a wee bit, yeah, a, a little bit more um, drive to to make it an actual thing. You know, I always wanted to go in and see bands and see them playing and that. I always wanted to do that. You know, I wanted to be one of those guys that's, that's getting to play the songs that they've written. And I've just always, ever since that kind of 
period when I got that second guitar and I was playing guitar all the time, started writing my own ideas. Picked up a lot off of um, a friend that I was hanging about with at the time. We, we joined a band together. His, his name's uh, Mark, Mark McKinch, and he kind of, yeah, because he, he was the same age as me. I think he kind of inspired me to get better, you know, because at that point I'd only really just picked up the guitar and he was like, he was fucking shredding like, <laughs> up and down the fretboard. And I was like, oh, fuck. I need to be as good as this guy, otherwise I've not got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And then, yeah, I think that it was actually probably a big part of, um, I guess, like becoming somebody who was act- who's actively involved in the music industry on the day to day was um, I had like recording software. I had I had um, Cubase from when I was like classic, 15, I think classic, I, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I still use it to this day. Cubase, oh, I, I just don't update it. Yeah, it's the bomb. Um, yeah, so I was like recording ideas, you know, and I think having that that ability to just sit down with my guitar and program in some stupid drums and play some riffs, just doing that so frequently and uploading my ideas to SoundCloud and sharing it on my Facebook is like this like fourteen year old guy like, who listen to my stupid ideas and that. Um, yeah, just I don't know. I guess it, it just it was always something that I loved doing, and it just kind of naturally headed in that direction. And I guess from about from about that same time, I, I just had like a hell of a lot of drive to to make it happen. Really, it was it was something that um, I really wanted to do more than anything, man. So yeah, man, that's sick. That's sick to me. Like, what records kind of made a massive impression on you, and you know, kind of rip reflect on you today and you know shapes you into the musician you are essentially you mentioned like machine head earlier what you know as yeah, as you were yeah. growing up and discovering new things what kind of really kind of acted as like a bookmark in your life i think um albums like lincoln park's hybrid theory yeah just came a little bit at a time in my life when i was like i guess like super impressionable or something and i just like you know, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world and yeah. just thought guitars and heavy vocals and all that, you know, I was like, oh shit, this is awesome. And then uh, System of a Down, um, I actually, I think I started with Mesmerize and Hypnotize and then I kind of worked my way back from there. Really? Yeah, say, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Toxicity and Steal This Album are right up there with albums that, yeah, if I hadn't, if I hadn't listened to it, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing to be honest um, and then Machine Heads of the Blackening was definitely like if, if you weren't asking this this question um, no I would definitely have mentioned that uh, Machine Heads of the Blackening was just this album that like properly changed my perception of metal music definitely yeah I remember uh, you know going on the internet for like new stuff to listen to as I got a bit older and uh yeah but I remember like hearing burn my eyes when I was about 20 and uh yeah man that like that like changed my whole perspective as well on heavy stuff have you ever seen him play Machine Head I'd love to see him I've never actually watched them I was so annoyed the uh burn my eyes tour got cancelled loudest band ever <laughs> really yeah loudest band ever yeah I, I went to see them at the O2 Academy in Glasgow my ears were shaking in my head so so loud um oh, yeah that was really awesome i've actually seen them i've seen them twice in that same same uh venue super super 
uh, tight live band. Yeah, amazing, man. What are your fondest memories of going to shows growing up? Were you involved with the scene in Glasgow? Um, yeah, and like, were you into were you into kind of the metalcore stuff that was happening at the time as well? Yeah, what are your kind of fond fondest memories looking back? Yeah, that's right. Um, so when I was when I was like 15, 16, I, I started a band that's still going today called From Sorrow to Serenity. And uh, yeah, we, we were playing local shows around Glasgow in like 2011, 12, 13, maybe even the first one was like 2010. Um, and it was actually, I remember seeing a, a band that, that was like at the time sort of old, older guys from us, they were probably in their early 20s or like mid 20s or something like that called Burn the Sunset. Um, yeah, that's so fucking were, oh yeah, it's such a, such a metal name, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, and they were doing the whole metalcore, mashless, hardcore, mashless, you know, just who fucking knows what was going on there, but people really liked it and, you know, they were they were, they were playing frequently and so were we and uh, I met Jonathan Ammons, who's a, a promoter for Triple G now. Um, he's a, he's a really good friend, me and him go, go way back and I think uh, if I hadn't met him as well, I probably, and I know I own an awful lot to that guy. Um, he put he put my my band from sort of Serenity on our first like sort of good support slot show with a band called Memphis May Fire. I think it was two thousand and eleven. Yeah, yeah, I, re- I remember that band. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was two thousand eleven. We opened up for them. You know, just like a local band had like you get you get handed fifty tickets and you're like right go sell them or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, and, that's uh, sick though, man. That's like a I don't know, like a well-established like international band to open for. That must have been fucking amazing at the time. Definitely, yeah. That, and it, he he handed us a lot of opportunities like that. I think he just kind of liked us from early on, and we yeah. got on well. And I think he maybe saw something in us as well. So we just um, he ended up managing the band a couple of years later for a few years. Helped us out a lot again. So, and that was all just literally from going to metal shows in Glasgow and like booking my band as like a. 15, 16 year old guy like trying to get shows in Glasgow and like hitting up random promoters like hey can we please play your show <laughs> um, yeah yeah fortunately stumbled into uh, Johnny and made the right impression with, with him and he helped us out a lot man he he works for a Glaswegian company called Triple G Promotions um, nice they, they're, they're still going and they're they're putting on our the Blue From Within headline show in Glasgow at Garage in November so Excellent, man. Yeah. It's, so, it's so cool you're still involved with them. Love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cool, it's cool. Um, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that, you know, he's, he's still doing that and he's he's just risen up as well because at, at the time when I was starting out, he was um, just like independently promoting shows, you know, probably probably losing more money than he was, than he was making and then uh, now he's working for, yeah, like one of the biggest music promoters in Glasgow. Probably the biggest after um, DF. Who are I think part of Live Nation, so he's doing well for himself. <laughs> yeah, what a legend, man! Shout out to him, supporting the people always. That's what we love to hear. Yeah, somebody, some boy. <laughs> yeah, man. You know how is it? You know, you know, talking now and reflecting on everything that you've just kind of spoke about. Like, how do you look back on your musical history so far? And especially in the past year, has it been a lot of time to think about it? What's your kind of yeah, final thoughts on that, really, about the past the past decade or so. Yeah, I think, like you say, that the last year has kind of given you a lot of time to reflect on 
you know what's what's happened until this point in everybody's lives and definitely with with music um it's just been a good time to just sort of realize how grateful i am and um yeah it's such a it's been such a long <laughs> strange journey that feels like it's just went by in the blinky and i but um yeah grateful for for the people who who are around you who support you and grateful for the opportunities and uh you know obviously like everyone you look back on the mistakes and you're like oh <laughs> that was daft and um it, it puts everyone into perspective you know looking back I've, de- I've certainly got far more fond memories than anything you know it's been such a such an amazing thing in my life being involved in music and writing music and playing in bands and stuff and even even with my, with my day job like recording bands I've been doing that for going on seven or eight years now too so grateful for the experience I've had with that and um aye, it's just my life <laughs> my life eh? <laughs> yeah man onwards and upwards as well mate it's fucking so nice to hear some humble words mate so cool uh, a lot of respect thanks man yeah I appreciate that yeah, mate. It's been a uh, yeah, fucking lovely chatting to you, mate. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time and coming on as well. It was uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this chat. Thank you so much. Ah, right, it's been fantastic, Rob. Thanks, thanks for having me, man. Uh, and I, I hope to see you at a show someday. Don't don't hesitate to come up and say what's happened. <laughs> yeah, man. Hopefully, I hope. Yeah, I'm, I've, I really have fingers crossed that uh, shows happen this year. I'm sure they will at the right. You know, the vaccines going. Yeah, I hope so, so man. Uh, Really nah, man, I'll, I'll be at the Birmingham show, mate, later this year, for sure. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll see you there then. Um, it's been a pleasure, man. Hope you enjoy the rest of the evening, and uh, yeah, thanks, thanks. Cheers, Stephen, mate, you as well. Look after yourself and all the best, and uh, catch, you, catch you later this year, mate. Take care. You too, man. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Peace out.